You are listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We believe that Jesus came to set you free and nothing can cancel the truth of God's word. Now here's your host, the youth pastor of Impact Youth at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut, Pastor Joey Santora. Merry Christmas Uncancelled. How are you guys doing today? Come on now. I nailed that right there. You guys were expected for a little sneaky what is going on, but I hit you with that Merry Christmas because it is Christmas time. Come on now. Uh, if you're watching this in like two months, you're like, uh, no, it's not. But it is Christmas time right now. Um, I love Christmas time, man. I, I would arguably, I would ar- ar- arguably, here we go. Uh, say that Christmas season is better than Christmas Day. That, that's oh, that's sure. my opinion. Um, I, I really enjoy the season. Just just love the hype around it. Yeah. Um, this is a topic for another time. We're not going to go into this today. But like obviously Christmas is great because like Christ like came and stuff and like we love that. But the actual day, Christmas Day, is it kind of overhyped? Like is it is it kind of oh, overhyped? Wow. That, that, that's wait, a, wait, wait, that why? would be like it's a lot of hype. Like, think no, about it. it. Like, people are pumping music in October sometimes for oh, Christmas. That's true. And that's a little too soon. It's a little too soon. It is. Like, from think about it though. It's full throttle from Thanksgiving Day all the way on until Christmas. For Christmas, sure. like, and so it's a lot of build up, and then and then it's just. It's a hard letdown. Wow. They say that it's a hard letdown, like in the sense that just everything just like stops. Like, like okay, like New and then Year's, it's over. Right, and then right. it's over. No, I get that. And, like, it's, like, not, like, it's a great day. Don't yeah. get me wrong. It's a great, you know, even day or whatever. Yeah. But, like, it's almost, like, it's a quick little sneaky, like, 24-hour period, and it's gone. It's, yeah. like, it feels like it should be, like, a three-day celebration because of how oh, hyped yeah. up it is, you know? My favorite thing um, Christmas season is the candlelight service here. Oh, yeah, that's, that's sneaky. Eve. That's my sneaky. favorite thing. Yeah. Love that. Because it's just like hype because, like, you know you're about to go home, like, celebrate Christmas, and, yep. like, you got the candles. Love everyone's that. together. Yep. I, I, I'm, I'm with that 100%. And I will say the highest suicide rate is actually in January, believe it or not. Out of oh, all the months of the year, the highest suicide rate is coming off of Christmas. It's because everything's, like, so, like, holly and jolly during Christmas time. And then people are kind of, like, don't deal with their problems during that time. So then they uh, go into the new year, and it's like they realize that, oh, like, my life is still not okay. But that's why we need Jesus, folks, and that's why we have this podcast. Amen. So uh, let's hit it a little with a little sneaky rate that carbonated water. water. Here we go, Ben. What do we got today? All right, today we have... Topo Chico. I just like the You name. know what that reminds me of? What? When Ben was younger, he used to say that he used to say that him and his brother Billy would want to put snow into a cup and let it melt and like sell it with a fancy <laughs> fr- uh, fancy French name. You remember, remember when you guys that. used to say that? that? That's what this That's sounds funny. like. You've sparkled water or you carbonated water and now you call it Topo Chico. It's like it's name. like it is a great name. Yeah. I want to try it. Here we go. Um, what do so we got? This is uh this is grapefruit flavored. Because I thought that that okay. would be a little bit more interesting than like lime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like sure, sure, yeah. sure. Have you ever had a grapefruit? Or have um, you just had grapefruit? grapefruit I, I have had stuff? a grapefruit before. I, I think that they're whatever. Okay. I don't know if I've ever had the actual fruit, but I've had flavored stuff. So. They're pretty it's pretty sour. Right. Expect a sour open taste. It up. Yeah, let's. Apparently, some people like are really like this part. Ready? It's a great part. Very mid. Man, it's unfortunate. Very mid. Go ahead, Ben. Give us a little sneaky pour. Sure. A little sneaky pour. All right. 
poured nice. No, I'm just kidding. We're not. We're not rating that. We're not rating that. All right. Let's see what we got here. Let's let's go for a little sniff. Oh, it, interesting. I'm not gonna cap. Okay, listen. Hear me out. I do not drink alcohol. I want you guys to oh, know that yeah. I drink no alcohol whatsoever. This smells it a does. little bit like alcohol. I do not think Gotta it's alcohol. Gotta check the ingredients real quick. No, it's, it's, not. it's not right. Yeah, I was <laughs> no, gonna no, no. say. I, I I promise you guys, unless, like hand on the word of God, I do not drink alcohol. Unless, any type of alcohol. Unless Rite Aid is just selling them. Right yeah, off the that that would be crazy. Right, let's go. let's go for it. Wait, where's where's the grapefruit? What? Oh, there it is. Did I you guess. find it? No, I didn't find it's it. It's very subtle. This is the oddest sparkling water, or it's not sparkling water. It's carbonated water. I uh, think oddest. I tasted it at least. This is so odd, Ben. It's strange. It's I'm 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 almost sure that I taste the grapefruit. Why do I want to keep drinking it? I mean, it's nice. It feels nice. It's kind of garbage, though, at the same time, but it's good. I don't know how to explain it. No, I think I can definitely taste the grapefruit. I think it hits you immediately, and it doesn't really hit you on the way down. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah. I like the carbonation, though. I do too. It's like, it's it's a drinkable carbonation. You, You know, like, it's not like sometimes, like, you couldn't like sometimes you feel like you can't drink too much seltzer or too much like uh like bubbly or whatever your sparkling water carbonated water is. This like I, I could drink this like I could take a good sip of this and it, and it wouldn't like burn my throat going down, you know? No, yeah, no. Um I agree. It's a nice carbonation. Sure. Um the flavor's just not really there. No, it, it's not. It kind of just tastes like non like no there's not really any flavor. Um would you drink the whole thing? Yeah. I would, too. I would, too. Would you go back to the store to ever get it? No. Okay. I wouldn't. I think I'd go to the store and get the lime one just to see if it was a little different. Okay. No, I would do that. I'm just saying I wouldn't go and get another grapefruit one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I would drink the whole thing, and, and I don't think the flavor's bad. It's just, like, like you got to find it. If you somebody, look for it. If somebody walked up to you, and gave you this and yeah. said, like, here, like, I was at the gas station. I got this for you. What, what would you feel? How would you feel about it? Like, w- like, would you be like, oh, wow, like, like, oh, cool. Like, thanks, man. Or like. Yeah, no, I'd like, be like, oh, thank you. And then I'd drink it. Okay. And you'd be cool with it. Yeah. Okay. I would say. Fair. What flavor is it? Hopefully not <laughs> grapefruit. Uh, all right. Let, let, let's let's rate it um, with, with some other things in mind. I'm trying to think yeah. about the other ones uh, that, that we rated. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, we haven't done a carbonated water in a little bit, but I think I'm going to give it a, I think I'm going to give it a solid six because I would drink the whole thing, um, but the flavor is just not really there, but I yeah. do like the carbonation. Yeah, I, I feel like this is a five and a half for me. I was going to, it's, um, I was going to go five, but I think five and a half is, is fair. Yeah. Um, it's, it's very slightly above average. Like it's, it's like right above average. Yeah. So yeah, it, that, that, that was pretty good. You know what? It was 6.1 for the name. I'll go 5.6. Why not? I promise you it smells like alcohol, but it is it not, does it does bit. not have alcohol. No, it does and, not. And it really does not. But there we go. Anyway. Very nice. By the way, Ben, 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 come back up here, oh, bro. Wait a give show him oh, your jersey. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I gotta bend down a little Sneaky. bit, I guess. But uh yeah, Pastor Joe and Brianna got me this this awesome custom Knicks jersey. Yeah, show them the back, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
has my name on the back. Yeah, there you go. You have to Hopefully bend all right because he's a camera yeah, shot. The camera. Yeah, Stanley. Yeah. That's it's it. He's, he's, he's the Knicks won the last night. Yes, they did. Me and Ben are both Knicks fans. Uh, we uh, It's the only team that we both share. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm more of the one that's weird because I'm like a Cowboys fan and a Mets fan with a Knicks fan. The Mets one makes sense. The Cowboys fan doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I really should be a Jets fan being being a Mets fan, but I'm a Cowboys fan through and through. Um, that's okay. And uh, yeah. So anyway, that's that's you know maybe that's why you tuned into the podcast today. I don't I don't know. I would encourage you that this is the more important part of the podcast right here. Uh, we're just talking about the Word of God. So it's the Christmas season, right? It's the Christmas season. So today I want to talk to you about the purpose of Christmas. And before I begin, I, I do want to recognize that I, I realize that that elements of Christmas did not originate as. Uh, as Christian necessarily, right? There are elements of Christmas that are not necessarily like Christian, like Christmas trees, all of that. People are like, oh, it's pagan, whatever. Like, no, like, you know, I, I know that that's, that that's the thing, that that's like a thing that people say, but Christmas ultimately is something that Christians do celebrate and it, and it has taken on Christian meaning throughout the years. But what are we as Christians celebrating during Christmas? What is the quote unquote reason for the season that people say, right? And I will tell you this, it's not as simple as the birth of Christ. Although that is an element of the Christmas season, the birth of Christ is awesome. You know, that that is the reason for the season, you know, is the birth of Christ. But I believe that it goes a little bit deeper than that. And I want to share you three purposes of Christmas. First, Christmas is celebrating the arrival of God in the flesh. Christmas is celebrating the arrival of God in the flesh. Let's go to Luke chapter 2, verse 6 through 7. Luke chapter 2, verse 6 through 7. It goes Matthew, Mark, Luke. There you go. You'll be at Luke. Oh, I need to get to Luke. I thought I was there. Luke 2. Luke 2, verse 6 and 7. It says this. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room lodging for them. So we see here that Mary gives birth to a son. We see God in the flesh being born. And an angel tells Mary, and we'll get to this in a second, to name him Jesus. But how do we know that, or, or you know, how do I know the God in the flesh part? Philippians, if you guys would turn to Philippians 2, verse 6 through 7, it says this. It says, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. I actually preached a sermon on this recently, and if you go to my youth ministry, you know that, or if you watch us on YouTube, you know that. Um, But that is actually a Christmas scripture because it is about Christ coming down It's about him. It says that he gave up his divine privileges in taking the position of a servant. So what Christmas is actually celebrating is the arrival of God in the flesh. The Christmas story 
is about the birth of Christ, but really it's about something deeper than that, which is the arrival of God in the flesh, right? Because that's what Christ is. He is God in the flesh. And it's a celebration of God's great love for humanity that he was willing, like Philippians 2 says, to step down from glory and come down to our lowly uh, uh, place, which is earth, right? He came down to reach us. So Christ came down to this lowly world, emptied himself of his divine privileges, the scriptures say. He still was God in the flesh. He was 100% God and 100% man. And he came down as God in the flesh. And I love this, and I think it's so powerful. And I've said this so many times, and many of you that follow this ministry know this, that uh, I love the gospel because, and I love Christianity because it is the only religion that God comes down to his people. And, you know, I'm not, that's not to say, I'm not saying there's many gods out there. All the other gods are false and not real. But I am saying that Christianity shows a loving God that loved humanity so much that he was willing to come down to them. Where other religions are all about going up to God, our God came down to us because there was no way to get up to him without him coming down to us. That's, that's a powerful principle. It is. It's a powerful principle. That God in the flesh came down. The arrival of God in the flesh. God came down to us. That is what we are celebrating at this, this Christmas season. That God in the flesh came down to us. So yes, it is celebrating the birth of Christ. But even deeper in that, when we understand who Christ was, that he was God in the flesh. He was God in the flesh. Think about that as we celebrate Christmas. The arrival of God in the flesh. The second... It is the celebration of a miracle. It is the celebration of a miracle. And this is going to be a two-part miracle. We're going, to, we're going to go into this. A two-part miracle. People miss the second part. You guys all are going to know the first part. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Beginning in verse 26, if you have your Bible. Quick shout-out as I'm going to some, uh, some of our consistent listeners uh, that have been watching every single week. I'll shout out uh, Alyssa Grioli. I know that you watch every single week. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I know that uh, that Russell and Rochelle uh, Blakely, uh, you guys turn uh, tune in every single week. AJ Mitchell, one of our awesome youth leaders, tunes in every single week. And I'm sure there's some others as well. I think my sister-in-law, Lindsay Moylan, uh, listens every week. So just a quick little sneaky shout out to you guys. Why not? Um, but uh, we're going to go to Luke chapter 1, verse 26. I actually just read this this morning. It says this, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, disturbed, by the way, likely because he, she was looking at some type of creature she's never seen in her entire life because angels uh, look look kind of creepy. Like they have like a million eyes. They have like all these different wings. Like there's descriptions of angels in the Bible and they have many eyes and many wings and they do not look like just like straight up human beings. It would be kind of freaky. But she was confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary. Again, don't be afraid because I have 20,000 eyes and, you know, all these feathers. Not actually, but a lot of them. Um, 
You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. Uh, The Most High Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how will this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby will be born, uh, will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. Listen to this. This is a two-part miracle. The first one's obvious. She was a virgin. She had not had sex yet. That's what that means. And she was going to give birth to a son. Biologically, this is impossible. This is not biologically possible that a baby could enter into someone and be formed inside of someone that has never had sex before. That is not biologically possible. But with God, all things are possible. And so God did this miracle of this virgin birth that Mary was going to have a child that, and she had never slept with a man, never known a man, the Bible says, did not know Joseph. That means had not had sex with Joseph. And that, that they, they had never slept together. They'd never been together. And she is going to have a baby. This is a biological miracle. But watch this. The virgin birth is an essential doctrine. Some people say, well, what's the big deal if Jesus was just born? You know, let's say Mary and Joseph did sleep together. And, that she, and you know, Jesus came out of that. What's the big deal with that? This is a big, big ticket issue. The virgin birth is an essential doctrine. Listen to this. If Christ was born with a man, like a man, a man and a woman sleeping together, Christ could not have been sinless. Watch this. A couple of notes here. First, it says here in Luke 1, that it says, so the baby, uh, so the baby to be born will be holy. Hmm. The Holy, basically, she says, how will this happen? I'm a virgin. They say the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you, and the, and the power of the Most High is going to overshadow you. And then it says, so the baby that will be born will be born holy. Why would that make the baby born holy? Check this out. Romans 5, 7, uh, 5 uh, 12. Romans 5, 12. Turn there. People don't know this, and they, they don't realize that this is why the virgin birth, it's not just for the wow factor. God's, and it's partially, yes, like it is a wow factor that God can do anything. God can literally cause someone to become pregnant that is, has never, you know, had uh, sex with a man. That, that is a miracle. And by the way, that is not a miracle that God is looking to duplicate again. So if someone says that they had an immaculate conception, they are lying. That is not something that God is looking to do again. It was a miracle for this one time. But Romans 5, 12. Men, don't listen to that girl if she tells you that, that it was an immaculate conception. She cheated on you. Anyway, um, for my younger viewers, I apologize if, uh, if this is too advanced for you, but I think you'll be all right. Um, Romans 5, verse 12, it says, When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Through Adam's sin, sin entered the world. A world. Through the seed of a man... Through the seed of a man is the way that sin is transferred to every single person that's born. That's why we are born in sin, shaped in iniquity from our mother's womb. But since sex, since the man was taken out of the equation in this scenario, and it was simply a a baby put inside of a woman, it 
eliminates the sin. And so therefore, Jesus was not born in sin, shaped in iniquity from his mother's womb, as the Bible says, um, in, in, uh, by, as David says, that he was born in sin, shaped in iniquity from his mother's womb. He wasn't born in sin. Why? Because it was a virgin birth. So this is actually, this miracle is twofold. Yes, it's a biological miracle, but it's also a miracle that Christ could be born without sin. Wow. Now, could Christ sin? Absolutely. He could, uh, I, I, I believe that Christ, he was tempted in every way that we could, and he still could have sinned. But he wasn't born with the original sin that we were all born with. Look at that. Wow, that's powerful. Look at that. It says, so that the child could be holy. Luke chapter 1. The virgin birth is a powerful thing. Now, don't get this twisted. Some people will try and be like, well, are you saying so? So he wasn't born in sin, so he, you know, uh, it, it doesn't really count that he was perfect. It doesn't really count because he wasn't, you know, he, he didn't have to, you know, go through the same things. He didn't have to be tempted. Like I just said, no, he was tempted in every way that we were, yet he did not sin. Yet he did not sin. But the only way he could be a perfect sacrifice is he, if he had no sin in him. This is an important doctrine, the doctrine of, of the virgin birth. It is an important doctrine. So it's a celebration of a miracle. Last one. It is the celebration of the fulfillment of prophecy. The celebration of the fulfillment of prophecy. There are many prophecies about the Messiah that would come. And when Christ come, when Christ came, it is the celebration of the fulfillment of prophecy. A couple prophecies. First, it begins in Luke. We actually see this. If you go back to Luke. I actually didn't have this one in my notes, but I noticed it as I was reading. And I think it's an important one to mention. God made a covenant with David. And he made a covenant that his kingdom would be, uh, would be, would like reign forever, basically. And this was actually about the Christ that would come and that would sit on the throne forever and ever. And so check out what it says right here. It says... Verse 32 in Luke chapter 1, he will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. This is part, part of, this is the beginnings of the fulfillment of the prophecy that, uh, that God or the promise that God spoke to David that his ancestors would, ancestor would come and sit on the throne forever and ever. So it's the beginning of that prophecy. It's also this, Genesis 3.15. Genesis 3.15. Did you know that the Christ was prophesied from the very beginning? From the very beginning. In Genesis 3, when mankind sinned, God already had a plan to redeem mankind. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, it says, And I will cause hostility between you, being the serpent, and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head, and you will strike his heel. He will strike his head, and you will strike his heel. Who will strike the head of the servant? Who will crush the head of the serpent? Who is going to do this? It is the Christ that is being prophesied. The seed of a woman. The seed of the woman is going to come and crush the serpent's head. So this is actually the fulfillment of prophecy. That uh, It's the beginning that Christ came, and now he is here, and he is able to crush the, the head of the serpent. 
he is able to crush the head of the serpent. This is the beginning of the fulfillment of prophecy. This is the beginning. It starts with the Christ actually being born. In Isaiah verse nine, uh, uh, chapter 9, verse 6, it says, For unto us a son is given, and the government will rest upon his shoulders. This is the beginning of the fulfillment of prophecy. That for unto us a son is given. Do you guys realize that Isaiah prophesied this thousands of years before Christ was even born? We know that he did. It's very, it's very clear that the writings came far before Christ was even born. Yet Isaiah said, for unto us a son is given. And it says the government will rest on his shoulders. And so this was not unexpected that the Christ was coming. This was not unexpected. The Jewish people knew that a Messiah was coming. They knew. However, they did not realize that God's plan was for him to come as a baby. That was where the disconnect was. But see, God loves to use the foolish things of this world to confuse the wise. How foolish does it seem that God would send the Messiah, God in the flesh, would come as a baby? That's the gospel. That, that, that is the beginnings of the gospel right there, that God came in the flesh. That is what God loves to do. He loves to use the foolish things in, the, in this world to confound or to confuse those who think they are wise. That is the message of that is part of the Bible. That is part of the gospel, God using the foolish things of this world to confound or to confuse the wise. So God sent the Messiah. Jesus Christ as a baby, and it is the fulfillment of prophecy. It is the beginning of the fulfillment of prophecies. That part, part of the prophecy was the fact that the Christ would come, the Christ needed to come, or rather I say the Christ, the Messiah was going to come, and the Messiah was Christ. And so the Messiah coming is part of the prophecy, and him coming is going to start a chain reaction of him fulfilling prophecies along the way throughout his life. Powerful. Powerful. Christ was and is and always will be the Messiah. And so Christ came. So we look at this again and we see the celebration of the arrival of God in the flesh. We see the celebration of a miracle and we see the celebration of the fulfillment of prophecy. That is the Christmas story. That is what we are celebrating during Christmas time. That God came down in the flesh for us that he came down, and that God did it by a miracle, a biological miracle, and a miracle that Christ was born without sin. And the fact that prophecies were being fulfilled, this shows that God is not a liar. God will fulfill the things that he promised. He will fulfill his prophecies. The things that he spoke through men of God are going to be fulfilled and were fulfilled. There's still some prophecies that are left to be fulfilled. And I would like you to know that God has an 100% accuracy rate. He will not miss. All of the others, all of the prophecies, the hundreds and hundreds of prophecies that have been fulfilled are going to be fulfilled. They're going to be fulfilled. The prophecies that Christ is coming back again. He already came once. That was already fulfilled. That was already prophesied thousands of years before it happened. What's to make us think? that the return of Christ is not going to happen just as the, as the other prophecies have been fulfilled. What's to make us think it's going to be any different? Christ is coming back. Christ has come. And this is the purpose of the Christmas story. I hope that you learned something today. I hope that it blessed you. 
and I hope that you have a very Merry Christmas. I think I'll be back on here next week again. I'll, I'll talk about something else. Not even sure yet. Maybe it will have to do with Christmas. Maybe it won't. But I'm going to pray for you real quick, and then we're going to, uh, and then I, I guess we're going to end the broadcast. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for every single individual that's watching this. Uh, Father, whenever they're watching it, wherever they're watching it, I pray that this ministered to them, spoke to them, and Father, that it revealed things to them about the amazing power and purpose of Christmas. Father, as we celebrate this season, would we be a gift to others the same way that you've been a gift to us? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Uncanceled Podcast. We hope you were blessed and encouraged by the teaching today. If you are between the grades of 5th through 12th grade, make sure to check us out in person at Faith Church in New Milford, Connecticut every Wednesday night from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Be sure to tune in next week for another weekly podcast from Uncanceled. God bless.